Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to the Kindness Can podcast with myself, Jane Lindley Thomas, and co-founder of the Kindness Can podcast and psychologist, and my very dear friend, Paul Bushel. How's it, love? Uh, fun, fun, fun. How are you, Jane? So, well, thank you. So, following on from our last conversation, we started to kind of dip into uh, the concept that as parents, uh, we always instinctively want to make life easy for our kids. In fact, I actually read an article the other day that was implying that lazy parents actually produce better children. Tell me more. Well, the concept of, and I I fall into it, you know, when we had Cooper, the twins were born when he was two, okay? So instead of allowing Cooper to do things for himself, it was easier for Mike and I to do things because we had three children to change, three children to feed. And without even knowing it, a couple of years pass, and there you are doing things for your children to streamline as opposed to letting go of the reins and letting them slop milk all over the counter, you know, do things for themselves. So I understand that concept that the more reins you give and the more stand-off approach you give your parenting, obviously your children have to be of a certain age. I'm not saying go on a weekend away and leave your three-year-old behind with a bag of frozen chips. But you know what I'm saying. So when I told my children this, oh, they get enraged. They're like, oh my gosh, that is absolutely ludicrous. Where do you read such rubbish? Um, But the the, the idea that um, we don't like to see our children struggle. We want to see our children getting the care they need and the food they need and the love they need. But I'm finding it quite difficult to not want to take the rocks out of the river. I've got a 13-year-old now who is testing my patience across the board in every which shape and form. Um, Reports from schooling that his behavior is um, boundary-seeking, boundary-pushing. In fact, he just wants to be a cool cat. Sure. Sounds kind of normal for a teenager to me. I understand. And I remember (laughs) trying to be a cool cat too. It's not great trying to raise a cool cat. And then two tweens on the other hand, um, one who's having a hard time with a particular person at school and the mother in me wants to get into my car and drive to that person's house. Another one that's dealing with self-confidence issues in the classroom. It's hard to sit on the sideline when you see your children battling. Sure. So let's go back a few steps because I think this is a a really important topic and 100% we are not here to judge or shame parents. It's a tough game. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a wonderfully tough journey. Um, and it, it teaches and tests you all along the way. So we're not here to judge. But I, if we take it back, as a cognitive behavioral psychologist, we often work in that model that thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to behavior. Mm-hmm. So for the average parent out there, the thought is, I want the best for my child. And I want the best for my child in a world which is constantly changing and testing and shifting. So that seems like a big job. The feelings that follow that when you have that thought are anxiousness, overwhelm, inadequacy, uh, frustration. And those are hard, uncomfortable feelings to sit with. 
and you then put this parent in a, in a world where they still have a life, believe it or not, they still have other things to do other than their kids, which are also demanding. And so I've got this feeling and I'm really busy, okay? It's so tempting to want to do something quick and easy to get rid of that feeling. So like you were talking earlier, out of necessity sometimes. So I'm anxious, I'm frustrated, but there's lots on the go. So it's just quick and easy if I just do it for them, mm -hmm. right? If I just pack the lunches, mm -hmm. make the beds, mm -hmm. do the homework, okay? It's just easier. And then the feeling of anxiousness about how their day at school tomorrow is going to be is gone. At the same time, the removing rocks from the river is such a beautiful analogy because for so many parents, that anxiousness results in them removing obstacles from their children's path because I suppose you think to yourself, life is hard enough as it is. Why, if it's simpler, they'll get to where they need to be much easier and faster. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to help them along. Mm -hmm. But we've got to ask ourselves the question, that's what we're raising here, are we really doing them a favor when we remove all the rocks from the river? And the answer is probably no. Mm -hmm. Because when you have obstacles, some important things start to happen. Two in particular. One, I learn how to deal with the obstacles in my path. I learn the skills. Mm -hmm. uh, so many EQ skills are learned in vivo, in life, in doing life. So when I have a rock in my path, I learn how to remove it. The second, and probably the most important for me, and this is probably the biggest gift you can give your kid, is the aha moments that come when you do move a rock out of your path. The aha moment that I can I can do hard things in my life. I can be an agent for change in my life. I can fix things. And when you have that belief inside of you and you take that into a world which is constantly changing and full of obstacles, if you believe you can, you're halfway there already. Mm -hmm. And that is such a gift. So I know it seems so counterintuitive to sometimes step back or not jump in or want to fix, but there's magic that happens there. Yeah. I mean, last night... I had my one child sitting on the side uh, giving me his account of his day and battling with certain things in his life. And I actually just went into that space of, I'm not going to try and give solution. I'm not going to try and talk around things because every time I bring something up, of course he knows better and he's doing whatever I've suggested. So I just looked at him and I said, I just want you to know that I love you and that I want to be a safe space for you. However, if I'm getting reports that your behavior at school is not adequate, I can't pretend to be proud of that. So I'm also going to be honest with you and say that is unacceptable behavior. It's, it's really hard just sitting in a space of not jumping into solution or soothing mode because that's what you want to do is you want to soothe. So I said to him, I'm sitting in this place where half of me wants to discipline you severely and the other half of me wants to hold you tightly. Which one I go to is kind of, I find myself in the space when I'm at it, you know, when I'm in it. It's tough. And then I've got the other two on the side also wanting a part of me. And I just actually just sat at the table and I cried. And I had all three of the kids sitting around me. And I just said, guys, I need you to know that I'm trying my best. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we know you are. And I'm like, I'm not crying because I want to make you feel bad. I'm crying because I'm feeling stressed because I'm trying to split myself and I'm trying to take the rocks out the river. But I can't take the rocks out of sure. the river, guys. Sure. So two beautiful lessons that are coming through that moment. The one is sometimes your job as a parent is not to have all the solutions or to have all the answers. I love the analogy. Sometimes as a parent, 
you're just walking beside your child. And sometimes I walk next to you holding your hand when they're mm -hmm. cute and young and they still think it's cool. Mm -hmm. And there's some moments in life where I'm walking just one step behind you. Mm -hmm. My job is to let you know I'm here. Mm -hmm. I see you. I'm walking with you and I'm available. But it's not for me to walk in front of you because this is not my life. This is your life. So the example of the school, for example, I often want to say to parents, don't fight the school. Work with the school. Okay, so when your child comes home and they've been given, I don't know, whatever happens at your kid's school, they've got to do lines or detention mm -hmm. or uh, pick up litter or whatever it is, don't fly in there and be like, what's going on here? Your child has done something wrong. If it's fair and they have done something wrong, you've got to, your job is to stand next to them and say, geez, because you always start with a feeling, geez, that sucks. Okay, that's really hard. And I know you're disappointed that you've got to go and do that because there's so many more cool things that you could do with your time. And I stand by you with that feeling. At the same time, sometimes in life, we've got to follow through on the consequences of our choices. And so I support the school in what they're doing there. The second really cool lesson I think you're pulling out there in teaching kids about obstacles and how to come overcome obstacles is that I am not perfect as a parent. I don't have all the answers and I have feelings. And sometimes I've got to just sit with those feelings because when we teach kids that I, if I'm anxious or stressed or angry or frustrated and I've got a quick answer and I run into resilient solution, we're teaching them how to wallpaper. As opposed to some feelings, I'm really wise to sit with it. So in my hashtag raising mindfulness book, I talk about our two superpowers. The first one being awareness and we don't dip into that enough. So when we have certain thoughts or certain feelings, drop an anchor. Become aware of what those thoughts and those feelings are. As hard and as scary as they might be, sit with them. Do the counterintuitive reaction here. Sit with them. Have a conversation with them. Try to understand them like you did at the dinner table. Guys, I just need to sit with this feeling. And it's coming out in tears right now. This is my feeling, right? And I want to put a name on it and I want to understand it. And then I'm going to choose what I'm going to do with it. And that's my second superpower. Choice. Choice. Yeah, yep. that's a huge byline in our home, is you have the choice. You can either choose to go to school and act in that way, or you get to choose to go to school and uh, realize that you have this beautiful privilege of education, you have this beautiful privilege of community. Whether or not you want to embrace that is your choice, because this is your gifting, not mine. Mm. Yeah, I think choice, you mean to jump in there, just to kind of qualify as well. I, mean, I think choice is sometimes quite a loaded term, and it can sometimes be steeped in a bit of privilege. So I just want to clarify that there's not always one choice or my choices might not be the same as your choices or my family's choices might not be the same as your family's choices. But in principle, in any situation, we do have choices, sometimes few, sometimes many, that we can sit with and evaluate. And sometimes we're choosing between two really hard ones and we've got to go with the one that we think is best. But yeah, in theory, there is this, this thing. I have agency. I can make choices in my life. And so I think, yeah, saying to your kids, you can choose how you want to arrive at school tomorrow. And I'm here to stand next to you in that. Yeah. Uh, but there are probably going to be consequences to that. So I want to share just a little story. Um, you know how you always see families on social media, that smoke and mirror of all the families that are just living in this beautiful, harmonious space of peace, love and joy. Uh, so on air, I was broadcasting at uh, the pop opera. And on air, I sounded like my normal self. But behind the scenes, it was absolute carnage and chaos because... The difference between raising sons and daughters, my daughter was sitting in a deck chair, sketching the day's events, listening to music, 
and my boys were doing what they call bear hunting, which is like um, like low to the ground grappling, where they are wrestling and rolling, but they've found sticks, so they're kind of going gladiator style. It's, it's actually really dangerous. Um, and at one stage, I turned around while live on air chatting. Um, I think I was actually uh, doing an interview with Minnie Dlamini at the time. So I'm like trying to work and I turn around and one of my sons is standing on the other son's neck with his tacky. Um, and I was just like, this is enough. The boundary has now been crossed. I am now hutful. And they ended up in the car for a small amount of time. So I just need you to know that no matter how well poised we look as families on the socials or out in the world, we're all struggling and muddling along. Absolutely. And, I, and I, that's true of every family. I mean, we talk about regulation. I mean, regulation has become this like big word. And we've got to be very careful that we're not setting up being regulated as the goal of, of life. Okay. Because we all get dysregulated sometimes. We sensorily overwhelmed or emotionally overwhelmed, socially overwhelmed. That's sometimes healthy, right? To strive for constant regulation is a very, very unhealthy goal. So what was happening is your kids were being kids. They were having fun. At the same time, part of your job as their parent was to say to them, you know, I see all the fun that's going on here, but that's not okay in this moment. My job is to teach you, okay? And part of teaching you is that sometimes there are going to be consequences to the choices that you make. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was a total boundary push. Yeah. Because had I not spoken about it nicely twice and set the boundary of not wanting to be the fun police always, because you know what? I also like to have fun and I also used to be fun, but not like that. Not when you are standing on your brother's neck with a tacky and a stick. But I know there's also a chapter missing in that story because we spoke about it. Yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of conversations on the way home as well, where you as a family were able to sit with that moment, that messy, muddly moment, and talk it through. Yeah. What worked and what didn't work and how we can improve on that for next time. And at the same time, maybe this is a really good point to end on, is that some things in the parenting journey you're going to say over and over again. And that doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job or you're not a good parent. And if you're unsure, put up your hand and, and talk it through with someone. But there's so many moments on the parenting journey, learning moments of the parenting journey that have to be repeated. And that's just the nature of, of childhood and parenting. Does that include pick up your towel? Pick up your towel. And I, I love that one because you're going to say it a million times and you're going to think to yourself, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my child? And the moment of great joy will come when, when one day you walk into your child's house and you hear them say to their kids, please pick up your towel Gosh. off the floor. Yeah. When that moment happens, phone me. It's going to be unbridled joy. I will phone you. <laughs> Fully, thank you as always for your time. I want to reiterate again, you are doing so much better than you think if you're listening to this podcast and you're really battling in the parenting arena. Um, I see you. I feel you. And uh, just one day at a time. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Kindness Can podcast. Jane and I so love having these conversations with you. If you'd like to invite us to your school, your office space, an event that you're hosting, we are passionate about talking about how we can be kinder in different parts of our lives. And if you'd like to get involved in the Kindness Can podcast, have your brand associated with us, please pop us an email. Uh, that is Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at ecr.co.za. From myself, Jane Lindley Thomas. Uh, and me, Paul Bushell. Be gentle, be kind. Lots of love. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. 
Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.